Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Thank you for joining us here on Political Straight Talk. We are now in the second part of our programming, and we were discussing the memo. And the truth is that this memo, while very revealing, will not really have a criminal effect on people. Okay? And... Now, I know there's a lot of people out there going, why, 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 and why won't heads roll, and why won't this happen, and why won't that happen? Well, the truth is that, number one, this memo was written by a committee chairman that happens to be Republican. The information the information was cherry-picked uh, from tons and tons of classified information. So, criminally... There won't be a lot that can be done. But there is a lot. I just. There is stuff that can be done politically. And politically is, is what we're going to be concerned about. Okay? Because politically and the Democrats know this, this is an albatross around their neck. Pure and simple. It is an albatross. So, I guess everybody has comments on the memo, so I'm just going to go around and let everybody make their comments, and then we'll we'll take it from there. So, Barbara, you're the one huffing and puffing, so you go first. Well, here's the thing, you know, that the Democrats are saying, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> God, I just threw a blank. Um, it's, oh, well, you know, that these people were hired by Trump. Well, I had to correct somebody and say, no, the only person that was hired by Trump or appointed was Christopher Wray. I said, you know, but other than that fact, you know, I just don't understand how these people can pervert the Constitution, pervert justice, and nothing happened to them. Do you know how mad the American people will be if nothing happens to these people who try to to change the outcome of a presidential election, namely i.e. Hillary and the DNC and Comey and Rosenstein and McCabe, and then when they fail at that, 
try to take him down with false information. I just don't understand how nobody can... What you're saying is they're going to get off scot-free. And that's wrong. Because if you or I had done this, if Bush had done this to Obama... Bush would have been hung by a nearest tree. And we'd still be talking about it. And Obama would have done his best to prosecute every damn one of them. Whether it was his authority or not, but we all know that he did a lot of things that weren't under his umbrella of authority. Just makes me mad. I'm done. Tricia? It doesn't seem fair that there are certain ones that can do whatever they want, knowing that they're not going to be prosecuted. Because nobody, I mean nobody, on the face of this earth is above reproach or prison. I don't care who the heck they are. It can be Hillary Clinton. It can be Obama. I don't care. They are not above the law. They might think they are and that they're getting away with everything. But there's one law they're not above, and that's God's law. They will get their comeuppance. Okay. And I'm done. Okay. Why? I know I've... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm trying to think of the quote, so I'm just going to paraphrase it. Those who give up liberty in the pursuit of security deserve neither. I'm paraphrasing a Benjamin Franklin quote. Now, what we have, and I've read the memo, and the Patriot Act is what caused the memo to be, well, no, I'm sorry. The Patriot Act, because we were scared of the terrorists, we were scared of foreign entities trying to influence America. So the Pfizer course was developed. Of course, the Pfizer course are probably are, are decades old at this point. But thinking like, say, Rand Paul would, because we have sacrificed freedom to be secured in our persons, we allow for what happened with Donald Trump, with Fusion GPS, with the wiretaps, with all of this, we allowed it to happen because we wanted to be secure in our person or secure as a nation. We were giving up freedom. And really, this memo, when it was released, it's a cry for more 
libertarianism, that we don't need big government holding, I'm sorry, how can I put this? We don't need big government to take care of us. We should be able to take care of ourselves. And honestly, if the Patriot Act was not in place, then most of the things we see in this memo wouldn't have happened. Okay. All right, so I'm going to read something to you. I'm not going to tell you who the author is yet, but I, I want to to read this. And it is going to be lengthy, so stay awake, pay attention. I'm going to start with a very simple model. How many of you noticed during the State of the Union that Nancy Pelosi wasn't happy? Now, I have a ground rule. When the president won, I said to every conservative I would talk to, every time you start to get mad at Donald J. Trump, I want you to close your eyes and thank President Hillary Clinton. Well, I would say to every one of you every day this year that you do not work for a Republican majority, I want you to think about Speaker Nancy Pelosi. I think this is a very grave threat. I'm going to be very direct, and I hope it doesn't get misinterpreted. I do not believe the traditional Republican Party could win this fall. And the fact is, we're at an edge of a wave election. And if we end up with a wave election on their side, you can't raise enough money to win normal races against that kind of wave. We saw it in 1994. We saw it in 2006 when the Democrats did it. We saw it in 2010 when John Boehner came up with a very simple model, where are the jobs? If you start getting that kind of wave building, it's very hard to be able to keep control, and our margin is not that big. In the great 62-year period of Democratic dominance of the House, they would start elections with 60-seat majorities. If they lost 25 or 30 seats, their margins would shrink, but they would still be in control. We've never been in control with that size margin. For us to maintain Speaker Ryan and the House GOP majority in 2018, there are bold things we have to do. I'm going to draw a very deliberate distinction. Just so you understand, this isn't just some theory. Get candidate Trump's speech at Gettysburg in October 2016. The president's inaugural address last year in the State of the Union you just watched Tuesday. Take those three and read carefully what the president says. He is describing an American party that reaches out to every American that makes the case that America is an idea worth fighting for. He suggests we have a model for success, the American model of limited government, lower taxes, less red tape, more entrepreneurship, more take-home pay, more local control, which means more local responsibility, and a foundation of rights that come under our Creator. You take these three speeches, put them together, and look at them. What does that mean? That would, What would a Trump Republican Party be like? We are not yet there. With Ronna's leadership and the president's leadership, we can get there. I think by 2020, we will be there. I think President Trump will get reelected almost without regard to what happens this fall. But remember, it's one thing to spend 2019 and 2020 with Speaker Ryan in a Republican House getting things done. It's another thing to spend 2019 and 2020 in a life-and-death struggle against Speaker Pelosi in a Democratic House will automatically want to impeach the president while having every House committee launch investigations of the administration. 
They won't have any idea what they're impeaching him for or what they're investigating for, and it won't matter to them. In the majority, House Democrats will spend two years in hostile assaults on the administration. You may have seen the Fox and Friends interview of the New York University students who they asked on Monday morning, what do you think of the President's State of the Union speech? And these students said things like, it was hateful, it was racial language. I can't believe he said that. I didn't, it didn't even matter that President Trump hadn't given the State of the Union address yet. This was unthinkably hostile left we're dealing with. What you saw at the State of the Union was the face of hate. I mean, when people sit there and you explain to them that there's the lowest black unemployment in history and they can't applaud. Okay. In the world. I don't know, but it's very loud. I mean, when people sit there and you explain to them that there's the lowest black unemployment in history and they can't applaud. There's the lowest Hispanic unemployment in history and they can't applaud. You're looking at people so consumed by their passions they can't think. Those are the people who will be in charge of the House if they win. So these next few months are really important. And here are a couple of very simple principles for a Trump Republican Party as opposed to a traditional Republican Party. Now, a Trump Party largely grows out of the Reagan Party and out of the 1994 Contract with America majority. First principle, go home and take on everyone. Don't talk about safe seats, not safe seats, all this baloney. When control was won in 1994, we ran against every Democratic candidate except three. We beat the chairman of Ways and Means of downtown Chicago. We beat the first Speaker of the House to lose since 1862. We beat the chairman of the Judiciary Committee in the Houston suburbs. No Republican consultant would have recommended running against any of them. We are in a similar situation this year because every Democrat went out idiotically and voted no on the largest tax cut in your lifetime, and they have to go home and explain that. One example from the State of the Union, we are not tough enough, we're not fast enough, we don't think aggressively enough. Last night, they picked somebody to answer the State of the Union, Congressman Joe Kennedy. He was symbolically perfect standing in front of a broken car because the Democrats can't fix anything. We should have been asking Kennedy, how could you vote against tax cuts and job creation? The Ways and Means Committee has analyzed every congressional district in the country, you can go to the Ways and Means Committee website for your district. In Kennedy's district, a median family income of four got a $5,800 tax cut. Now, we should be all over him. How can he vote to take $5,800 away from a family of four in his district to send it to Washington bureaucrats? We should have used every social media tool so people watching his response were waiting for him to answer for his vote. Now, he'll give you a left-wing answer. If you're one of the families, how many have gone to find families of four and say, what can you do with $5,800 per year 
which is, by the way, 58000 over 10 years. Do you think it's better spent by a bureaucrat or you? I think we should take on every single member of the Black Caucus. Again, every district in America, it turns out, has a net tax cut. Every single one of the Democratic members of the Black Caucus voted against the tax cut for their own people and could not applaud the lowest black unemployment in history. Now, you can't get... You can't get much further distance from the traditional Republican consultants, but the truth is too many Republicans don't have the nerve to go out to new neighborhoods and get new voters. They talk in cost-benefit terms. Well, that's not going to work if we are serious about growing a stable majority. Hang on a second. We have to have the nerve to go nose-to-nose. Second, don't complain about the news media. The news media is a fact. The news media is the offensive wing of the other team. They are not the problem. They are a fact. What we do about them is the problem. So we have to design a campaign plan, and we have to train our candidates assuming the worst about the news media. Whenever you interact with the news media, you should assume you're going into a war zone. You should plan to take the host head on and challenge their assumptions. I read the transcript. I read the transcripts every Sunday. You would be amazed how many of our folks are too slow, too untrained, and don't know what they're talking about. So they walk in as though George Stephanopoulos is neutral. I mean, not only was he the Clinton press secretary who gave $75,000 to the Clinton Foundation, and we allowed him to chair a presidential debate in 2012, now you have at, you have at least what? now you at least have to have a minimum rule. Nobody who's completely on the left is going to get to chair anything for this party's good future. Point one, compete everywhere. Point two, design strategies that win despite the news media because you overmatch them. Point three, you have to have the courage to fight. You have to be prepared. When someone gets up, the junior senator from New York, and says, you know, if you talk about chain migration, it's racist, but we need to say you must be losing this debate on facts so badly that you're now reduced to scream racism, which is, by the way, what you scream about virtually anything, unless, of course, that's homophobia or something else. The left has no arguments left except to yell nasty names. And we have to go nose-to-nose with them to knock them down mentally and psychologically. It's very important for us to understand this is a fight. We are in a cultural civil war with people who despise us. There's no neutrality in there. And that's why they dislike Trump so much, because Trump has the nerve to talk about MS-13, because they can't answer it. The more he is right, the more enraged they are. If you're a left-wing Democrat and totally for open borders, you can't actually go up and say, well, I think it's okay for a few hundred MS-13 folks to come in. You just can't. So then you get furious at Trump because he's found the angle of attack you can't defend. I would say to every candidate, study Trump. Trump is one of the greatest articulators I have ever seen. He understands fighting. He likes to fight, and he is prepared to figure out how to go at you at an angle you can't defend. And that's what we have to do for this whole campaign starting now. The most useful book I have ever read to better understand this year is Karl Rove's book on the triumph of William McKinley. That 1896 campaign may sound obscure, but it relates directly to our challenge. McKinley was faced with great, charismatic Democratic leader, the youngest major party nominee in history at 36 years old, William Jennings Bryan. Bryan is such a passionate articulator of demagogic populism and was so influential in the Democratic Party for two generations, nominated three times for president, 
that Elizabeth Warren is his direct emotional descendant. (laughs) (laughs) He literally, and I mean this as a tribute to Brian, he imprinted the Democratic Party with a negative anti-elite, anti-city, anti-modernity time of populism, a populism (laughs) of anger. He talks about mankind being crucified on a cross of gold. He says at one point that he wants grass to grow in the streets of the city. McKinley realized he's going to lose the election unless he breaks the heart of Brian's argument. McKinley understood in 1896 what Margaret Thatcher said in the 1970s when she won first, you win the argument, then you win the election. And so McKinley created the most thorough educational campaign in American history. They printed 18 brochures for every American. That's a scale of organization that's unimaginable. And Carl, who's a great professional, really walks you through it. The first part of the book, most of it, you won't find all that exciting because it's about how he got the nomination, although it's very useful. But the second half of the book is amazing and and is the campaign we need this year. We need a campaign that is going right at the philosophical base of the modern Democratic Party. We need a campaign, for example, to say, how many Americans do you think want to abolish the Medicare trust fund? That's actually what's in the Sanders bill that could create national health care. You know, to the average 65-year-old or 55-year-old, say, hi, would you like to help Sanders in abolishing the Medicare trust fund? All it requires is that you trust politicians. You know, you could probably win that argument and keep them on defense all the time. So I think it's tremendously important. I think what Ronnie is doing is extraordinarily important. She needs your help in every state in the union. I need your help talking to every incumbent and every candidate. And you need to understand, this is where we're going. This is what we have to accomplish. And my last point is this. 50% should be spent on the tax cuts. I mean, literally, 50% of our effort should be explaining the tax cut and their impact at multiple levels. At a cultural level, it puts America back on the road to being an entrepreneurial society. At at the large economy level, it's going to lead to growth. And at a personal level, when I talk about the example of reaching out to everyone, would you like to guess among all the Walmart employees who just got bonuses, what percent are African American, what percent are Latino? Now today, they have no mechanism to say to them, by the way, that was a Republican idea that just got money in your pocket. That's your job. It's not their fault they don't know it, and it's certainly not NBC News' fault. NBC News is for the other team. So we have to learn, and I would urge all of you to think about this literally. 50% of our effort from now to Election Day should be very simple. We want you to have money in your pocket, a better job, a greater future, more money in your 401K. They want all of that money for their bureaucrats and their giveaways. You pick which team you like. You think it's better to have Washington spend your money? You have a great party, the Democrats. If you think it's better for you to have the money, you have a great party. The Republicans, the two parties, are this far apart. As RNC members, if you'll do your job, if you'll help convince every single candidate and every single incumbent, we'll change history just the way Trump changed history. So when reporters and analysts say, well, it's the first term off your election, the average losses are X, my first thought is, how do you think President Clinton is doing? The truth is, We are led by somebody who breaks the records. We ought to join in this fall to break the record. And next year, if we have control of the House altogether, if we've picked up six or eight Senate seats, President Trump and the Republicans will be able to say, as Ronald Reagan used to say, you ain't seen nothing yet. Mark, you may not speak, but does anybody else know who said that? 
Newt Gingrich. It was Newt. <laughs> I could see and him saying cheated because I know Mark blabbed his mouth before. No, no, no. I no, I didn't hear a thing. I as you were reading it, I thought to myself, Newt. I could see well, him saying. There were some identifiers in there that made it Newt, and I left them out. But that's why I paused. I had to. <laughs> I had to leave some of it out. <laughs> Newt is probably uh, in the same category with Karl Rove as being two of the greatest political Mike Pence 2024. I happen to agree with that, whoever guessed seven is. (coughs) And nobody cares about the second point. I, anyway, I just I would love to see Newt take over as just just session, but he won't. So here's the here's the thing as a, as a political strategist, any of you that have been following political straight talk for more than a couple of years will know that I've been preaching almost this very thing since I first got into politics. That you have to be a party of going into neighborhoods and getting new voters. Okay, you will always hear me tell candidates, Mark has heard me preach this on the program, that if the Republican Party wants to expand and to grow, you take the fight to them and you always try to get new voters. Okay, if you're running a a school board race, if you're running a city council race, you go after 5%. Whatever the vote total was in the last election for that race, you go after 5% new voters. New voters mm-hmm. are always your voters. They will vote mm-hmm. for you at least once. Yeah. Okay? And I'm going to tell you, if I was advising some of these kids that are running now, or even my elders, here's what I would tell them. Put on your jeans. Put on your polo with your name on it. Grab a bunch of palm cards and start knocking. Shake babies and kiss hands. And you tell everybody, hey, let me tell you about what we're doing to make you empowered. Let me tell you about what we're doing to empower your family. It isn't about what government can do for you, but what you can do for yourself. And that Mm -hmm. tax cut, I'm going to tell you right now, they can hammer that tax cut home all day. They can hammer the national anthem at home all day. Those two issues will bring people to the polls. Oh, yeah. Okay? Anger will get you so many votes, okay? Democrats are angry, and Democrats Mm -hmm. will get votes from the anger. That is the facts. Okay? Oh, yeah. But anger does not win elections unless it's 1993 when the Democrats bankrupted the House Bank by over $10 million. And in such case, they lose in dramatic fashion because Newt Gingrich had a contract with America. Well, people are getting tired. I'm sorry. My show. I'll give you your chance. I'm sorry. When you have a contract with America (laughs) and you've got, if you go and you say, these are the things that we will do as a collective group when going there, okay? President Trump gave them what they need. Now they need to hammer it home. 
and they need to show, listen, for areas that have high illegal immigrants in them, illegal aliens, they need to push that home. I would simply, I would show where the president wants to make $1.8 million legal because you hyper-localize it and you make it about those people, they're going to automatically assume they're part of the $1.8 million, correct? Mm-hmm. Well, hey, here's an ad where our side is standing up and clapping. We want to get this done. But this other side over here, the guy that represents you in this district, man, he's sitting on his hand. Mm-hmm. So you want to be legal so that you can do all the things that legal people do, or do you want things the way they are? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and yes, I went off of talking about the memo, and I'm going to tell you why I went off talking about the memo. Because, number one, the memo itself, I mean, we all know what's in it. We've all seen it. Yes, they tried to steal an election. Okay? But God was in time when he put Trump on the stage. God was on time when he delivered him as the nominee. And he works every time at the ballot boxes in November when he gets who he wants in charge. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to remember. And when that election rolls around this November, if we that are called by his name do our due diligence and put forth people that's not only willing to respect God but to respect this nation, they will be the ones that win at the ballot box. But if the people that are called by his name choose not to do that, he'll let us reap what we sow. He let us reap what we sow for eight years with Obama. You ever heard the old term, be careful what you wish for, you just might get it? Yeah, well, where was he then? I'm sorry. (laughs) Where was God then? Remember, he got kicked out of schools. He got kicked out of the government. He got kicked out of everywhere because people didn't want it. People want to do their thing and not his thing. And at the end of the day, he gave us Obama to teach us. Yeah, he gave true. us President Trump to protect us. Mm-hmm. I I believe, and I know Jill gets upset at this, okay, but at the end of the day, Ted Cruz is a coward. He is a straight-up coward. He voted against the repeal. There's no opinion about that. It's a fact. Go look it up. Yeah, he's working with Bernie now on something. Okay. <laughs> they He wants to stand up and be high and mighty. The truth of the matter is, folks, that of the 16 people, other people on that stage, not one could withstand what President Donald J. Trump has withstood. Yeah. He is a New Yorker, and I will give New Yorkers this. Them sons of bitches are as tough as the day is long. Yeah. Terrorists knock down two buildings in their city, and they rebuilt it, and they flip you off every time they see you on the eastern sky, you little bastards. Mm-hmm. Could anywhere else have done that? Probably. Would they have done mm-hmm. it with the deal that New Yorkers did it? Probably not. No. no. I will tell you, you little terrorist bastards, come here to Tennessee. We'll show you something. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But at the end of the day, it's like this, okay? And and our programs run really long because we've had some other stuff going on, and I apologize. But I'll give everybody a final thought, so don't worry. I'm going to give everybody a final thought. But this is this is it right here. 
we talk a good game. We want to get things done. But how many people are going to knock doors this summer, this fall? How many people are going to make phone calls this summer, this fall? If you think for one minute that it's a hand-me, it's a shoe-in, it ain't. If you think for one minute that there aren't people out there that are planning and plotting to go against the one thing that we're doing, they are. Mm-hmm. It takes work. They have an advantage because their people lay around and watch the soap operas and live off the government. Our people have to get out and go to work. Okay? So it takes a little extra work. But how important is your country to you? Is it important enough to pick up a phone and call 20, 30 people on a call sheet and say, hey, we really need you to go vote for so-and-so? We need you to go vote for Senator Cotton, or we need you to go vote for Senator so-and-so, or we need you to go vote for Marsha Blackburn for the Senate, or Phil Rowe for the Congress, or whatever. Uh, Mike Pence, is his name John or something? Uh, John Pence, just because I want to see that other candidate go down. I'm not normally an establishment guy, okay? I will I will go with who I think is the best job, but I have decided that that person in Jill's district, I'm going to make sure he gets taken out just to prove a point. Mm-hmm. He'll come on me on my own damn show and yell at me. Mm-hmm. Right, news for you, I'm one of the best political strategists that was seen between in the 2000s, and I ain't lost my track record yet. Buddy. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe she took you on for that. I I'm just not as good as I once God. was. But I'm as good for one more race as I ever was. Wow. Makes me mad. I'm telling you what. Makes me want to go camp the hell out up in Indiana and at yes. every turn call them out. Bunch of damn little amateurs. Listen, I think amateurs getting involved in politics is great. I think we always have to grow people but here's the deal one person ain't going to do every damn thing secondly when you go to congress it ain't your job to vote your damn conscience i don't care what you think you're damn well going to go to con go to congress and vote what i think because that's mm-hmm. why i elected you i didn't yeah. elect you to right. vote your conscience i didn't elect you to vote what your stance was that's not your job you are a representative you are to represent your people and if your people tell you to go vote a certain way well you better pick up that damn button and vote the way we tell you because we will vote your ass out. And if you think mm-hmm. that we won't, you can ask several politicians here in this great state of Tennessee, and we will show you. That's right. When people come and talk to me about the government, you better know what the hell you're talking about because I've spent years working in the government. I've spent years getting people elected. Don't tell me about your thoughts and your processes and what you think and what they think because nobody gives a shit. And that's the way it is. Nobody cares what your politician thinks. And here's why they don't care. They want your politician to think what you think because that's why you elected him. That's right. That's just the way it is. I don't care what his stance is on immigration. I don't give a damn. His job is to go sell what the majority of his district wants. Not what he, It makes me so mad. One guy, one congressman told me one time, David Davis, we call him Quasimoto because that's what he looked like, Quasimoto. <laughs> and uh, he was a one-termer, and he was a one-termer for a reason. So he told me one time I, I uh, they had sent me over uh, 
to talk to him because we were from the same area. And they're like, look, you need to try to convince him to, to support this bill because we don't know if we can get a plurality in the House because the majorities weren't that weren't that heavy uh, going into the 2006 election. And so I went over there, and, and, and he was like, now, 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 now Fabian, I, I, I got to tell you now, 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 I just got to vote my conscience on this. Got to vote my conscience. I said, so, Congressman, what I wanted to say was, Quasi, what is your conscience? And I asked him, I said, what is your conscience? Now, 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 I really like our president. Our, our president's been a, a good leader on this one, but, 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 but I just can't do this. I said, so, Congressman, what if I told you that the majority of the 1st Congressional District wanted this? Well, I got to go with my conscience on this one. You talking about a wow. hot SOB? I done went wow. and pulled out the Constitution, and I done showed him where it says that the representative will represent the interests of the people of his district, because that is their job to represent the interests of the people, not his interest. And I told him. As I walked out of his office, I said, David, he said, that's a congressman. I said, David, it's like this. You better listen. Going to have problems. So uh, let me let me close it. I, I want to tell you all this story, but I don't want to tell the second part on the recording because I, I know David does occasionally listen to this program. <laughs> and right. he does tend to get a little miffed at me at times. So, uh-uh. uh I do apologize for the Quasimoto thing, David, but it's true. <laughs> okay, closing thoughts for everybody. I'll start with Trisha because she's been the most vocal tonight talking about masturbation and everything else. So, <laughs> Trisha. <laughs> I'm just saying. Any final? And say that. Any final thoughts? Barbara, do you have any final thoughts? Um. Yeah. I I just think that the Democrats have got to get over being petulant children. They're still butthurt and whining over an election they lost and they can't get past it. And, you know, I'm sorry. This country was founded on, you know, principles that they swore under oath that they would protect and uphold. And... I don't know. Um... Me neither. I think it doesn't serve them well, although their base is applauding them. Um, they come off as unpatriotic, and, you know, they love illegal immigrants more than Americans. 
you know, and that will not bode well. I know the memory is six months or six weeks or six minutes, whatever. But people are going to remember that. And I just find it incredibly sad that people have feel they have to, they're so consumed with hatred that they wake up every morning thinking, what can I do to discredit this president? What can I do to discredit this country? And it's just incredibly sad that we should be working together for a better America, not eight, not, you know, well, whatever. It, it just, we ought to be working together. And this hatred has got to stop. And if you could get that into the mindset of Nancy Pelosi or Chuckles, you know, I'm sure when they started out in their career, they didn't feel like this. But over the years, they have grown to be so warped in their thinking and and so against this country, it's just mind-blowing. So... Hatred's got to stop. We've got to be working toward one goal. And that's how do we benefit this country? How do we make this country great? And I do believe Donald Trump is going to succeed in doing that. That's all I have to say. Thank you, Barbara, for your... commentary. Now, Tricia, do you have anything to add? I have to agree 100% with Barb. Um, well, you were snoring, Darren. How did you hear it? Yeah, sure. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, it... I don't know what to say. All right. So she did those what Barbara said. Mark. Every day we look in the mirror to brush our hair, brush our teeth. Why don't you yell at the mirror? I'm just curious. Why do people watch the mirror to brush their teeth? Don't they know where their teeth are? <laughs> well, they know where their teeth are, but that's beyond the point. Anytime you watch the news and you're discouraged that something that's happening, look at the mirror and yell at that person. Because it's your doing. You're an American citizen. You have the right to vote. You also have the right to persuade others to vote in the way you see fit. If you're a God-loving conservative, a constitutional American, why don't you bring your opinions out to the public? You were right. We didn't knock on enough doors. We didn't knock on enough. We didn't. 
we didn't call enough numbers. There's a thousand things we could have done. And we're, we're sitting here in the sidelines just watching the world go by, and we're getting pissed off every day that the media is saying something we disagree with. It's our fault. We didn't do enough. We can do more. We can do much more. We could be that sh- that voice in the wilderness that's calling people home. Then why don't we do it? We know it. We know what's at stake. We know that it's not just our lives. It's the lives of every American. We're going to alter. We want Trump to succeed. Hell, give him the Congress and the Senate to do it. That's my opinion. And that's my dog's opinion. Good night. Good night. Exit. Stage left, even. Okay. So, as many of you are aware, tomorrow is that pesky little thing called the Super Bowl. Not watching. Where the Philadelphia Eagles will take on the New England Patriots. So, in honor of the Super Bowl, I'm going to close with one thing before I close with my normal thing. And this is in honor of the Super Bowl. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. You've got to stand for something, including the national anthem and the pledge, or this nation and you will fall for anything. Freedom isn't free. Those very men and women that you degrade and kneel for are the reason you're able to do that. Thank the members of them and their families, for without the families we wouldn't have an all 100% volunteer army. I am the political superman, and for the guests of the roundtable, thank you. For everybody else, Until next time, have a good night, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.